Hello everyone and welcome to the final episode of my special series on Advent on Speaking with Joy. Today I have the great pleasure of podcasting with my mama and someone who you all might listen to on another podcast, (laughs) At Home with Sally. Welcome on the show, Mama. Oh, it's such a privilege to be here and to have you sitting in my home with me being friends. (laughs) Yes, I'm back in Colorado for Christmas and we have been um, kind of luxuriating in Christmas time while also having lots of work and things to do, making lots of Christmas cookies and sitting in front of our excessively um, shiny tree. <laughs> it is. It's we, got more lights on it, I think, than any tree we've ever had before. It really does. Um, I've, of course, been suffering slightly from jet lag since being back. And when I woke up the first morning at four, I thought, oh, I'm going to go down and light the Christmas tree. But it was so bright that I thought it would wake up everyone in the whole house. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's lovely. It's so much fun. And of course, you and I both remember, I remember when I was a kid, and you remember mm. when you were a kid, when you were a child, I should say, uh, just <laughs> sitting under the sparkly tree. And there's just something beautiful about it. And now Sarah is sending us pictures of Lillian yes. uh, dancing with pine cone wands around the <laughs> Christmas tree. <laughs> so we are all relishing in a childlike delight and wonder at Christmas. And um, so for this this final Advent episode, we've gone through um, the light. What was it? What did I do? You don't know what I did. I did the coming, the mother, um, and the good shepherd. And this week, I'm going to close off the Advent series by directing you to what has become one of my favorite Advent traditions since having lived in the UK, which is a lessons and carol service. And this is, uh, I won't say ancient tradition because it's not ancient. It was started in the 19th century for Anglicans Um, as a way, as the celebration of the coming of Christ, they would do lessons. So there was usually nine lessons that would start in Genesis and go all the way to Revelation that showed the presence of Christ in the Old Testament, uh, our need for salvation, the anticipation of the Messiah, his coming in the New Testament, and our eventual hope for his return. And they would intersperse those readings, um, those lessons, with carols, with Advent carols on Christmas. So I'm going to kind of um, simulate that for you all after this portion of the podcast. How fun! Are you going to do it yourself or are you going to give them a recording? So there's actually two options for that. I have recorded my own version of a lessons and carol service uh, where I intersperse my very favorite versions of the carols uh, with a series of readings that I have done myself from scripture. Uh, But because of copyright, I can't do all of that publicly. So if you want to listen to that version, you can find it on my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Joy Clarkson. And that's also a way to support me in the podcast. Or, and this is really what I would recommend, I'm going to attach the very opening song from the King's College uh, choir version of Lessons and Carols uh, from Cambridge, which is kind of the the epitome, the top, um, what you imagine when you think of the Lessons and Carols. So those are the two ways that you all can experience Lessons and Carols, either by listening to the one that I recorded with a little bit more of the history on it and what I loved about it. I recorded that last year and that's on my Patreon. Or you can listen to the King's College Chapel Choir version from Cambridge, which is just absolutely classic. That'll be so wonderful. But I say that to say stick around for that. But um, that's something that Mom and I experienced last year together when we were both in Oxford. And we thought it'd be fun just to talk about, before we get to that Lessons in Carol service, kind of some of the fun things about experiencing Christmas in England last year, and then how we celebrate Christmas um, together as a family. Mm -hmm. 
So what were some of your favorite things last year when we were living in Oxford, Mom, about experiencing Christmas there? Some of your favorite memories? Oh my goodness. Well, everything in Oxford is a favorite memory. (laughs) We really loved it. We feel like it's a part of our hearts and a part of who we are. But uh, I just remember uh, one of the things I always love is markets. Mm -hmm. And we were were able to go to a couple of Christmas markets where... And there's one big broad one. They always have it. I think it's on Broad Street. I'm terrible with the names, Uh but it comes every year. Yeah, and it was so much fun, and um, just to be able to uh, sip the hot cider Mm -hmm. on the street, and to be able to look at all of the vendors, and it was just lovely, but uh, I think, of course... I was thinking last, uh, it seems like longer than just last Doesn't year. It, didn't it? it feels like about four years. <laughs> yeah, but you and Sarah were so overwhelmed with busyness and mm-hmm. with uh, work and with papers and everything. And I thought, we are not going to not do something really, really, really wonderful mm-hmm. in uh, Oxford for Christmas. So I looked up uh, online and found out that there was a tea, a high tea at the mm-hmm. high table. And of course, we've seen some movies where we see. The high table is where the most important people sit. <laughs> and so I I jumped on it, and literally, uh, it once it was announced, it, it was filled up in mm-hmm. just a short period of time. And, and it was at Christchurch, right? It was at Christchurch, which is the, is it the oldest college? It's not the oldest college, but it's famous. It's kind of one of the famous colleges mm-hmm. because it was founded by King Henry VIII and really by his right-hand man, Wolsey. Uh-huh. Um, and it is... I thought it was established before that, and then he wanted to build it out and, and make it, it was maybe a monastery or, or a place? Well, Christchurch Cathedral was uh-huh. the original um, cathedral of Oxford. So that was founded by St. Frideswide, uh, who is this lovely princess yes, that's who, what I was who, say. Uh, who refused to marry the pagan kings and her, her various suitors were struck by lightning in the woods. Yeah. Um, so I loved it that it was established by, Lady by a wonderful civilized <clears throat> woman. Yeah. Um, but no, it's also famous for being where the Harry Potter films were filmed. Yeah. So when you think of the Great Hall and those films, that's, it's filmed in there. And that was the table we sat at. Well, and the, the man who wrote Alice in Wonderland yes. lived there mm-hmm. in the homes. They said that so many people started living there, uh, long term instead of just yeah. students that eventually they had to kick him out. But yeah. he lived there and that's where he got to know Alice's family and they were all in community at the dinner tables together. So it was it, I thought, we are going to do this. We're going to make a memory and have a high tea. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, you all were thinking still, oh, I've got so much to do. And when do. we got there, <laughs> it was raining. Yes. Raining cats and well, dogs. <laughs> and part of the tea was that we had a little tour around. Also, for anyone who doesn't know, Oxford University is made up of dozens of colleges mm-hmm. that each have their own kind of history. Mm-hmm. And so if you were a, um, if you were admitted to Oxford, you'd be admitted to the university, but then specifically to a college. Right, right. And Christchurch is one of the ones with the most history. And so with the tea time, we also got a little tour. But mm-hmm. of course, it's, I mean, it's a big college, so a lot of it was outside. So we were, you know, all huddled, under, under, huddled under one umbrella going, <laughs> oh. But it, it was lovely. And, and just the historical, the uh, stained glass that tells the stories mm. and the witnesses of history mm-hmm. and days gone by and the chapels and the rooms and it, it kind of makes you, it pulls you in and makes you feel like, I want to live a story worth mm-hmm. remembering. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was a lovely memory to me. And the tea was so fun. It yeah. was, it really was at the high table and there were all these little... Kind of the, tell them, give them a picture of the room because the high table, mm-hmm. like in the Potter so, films. So it looks kind of almost like going into a church in the sense that it's kind of that rectangular 
um, look and it's got all of these stained glass windows and then lots of portraits of the principals or the whoever you know staring down there's two big like very long tables like hundreds of seats long tables. where all the students would normally be where you'd walk down and then at the very end of the room so those kind of go um vertically and then at the very end of the room there's a big high table which goes horizontally which is where the big wigs and the professors and all the people mm-hmm. would sit and it's i mean it's where people would dine i mean it's where they do dine mm-hmm. um but you usually don't get to sit at the high table so that was really fun and it was decorated Ugh. just lavishly it was so fun and i think you also found this in like a coupon not like like you were googling things on it like it was kind of a chance that we managed to get into this yeah. um but it dec- it was decorated beautifully and it reminded me of We've been reading Christmas Carol out loud together. Oh, yes. And um, it reminds me of the ghost of Christmas present because it was, there was holly, there were all these kind of delectable little treats and very English things and mince pies. Fruit and, and uh, <clears throat> beautiful vines. Fruits and cheeses. And, and greenery and red balls. And... and it was really fun because everyone else who came, who were, a lot of them were locals or people who'd found it and jumped in it like we had. I feel like we all were so delighted by it. Oh, everyone. We got to t- talk with people from all over the world and... The thing I really think is so very important mm-hmm. is that, as I look back even on growing up, you all growing up in our home, um, it's so important, even in the midst of very busy times, mm-hmm. to stop and to celebrate the beauty, the stories, the wonder. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad we did it because we almost didn't, and then it rained, and then it ended up being one of our most delightful memories. You know, I think that's something that's really uh, become clear to me over the last year, which is that um, it could be tempting when you're overwhelmed and tired to not, to not take that plunge, not do the fun tea party, to not invite someone over, to not host the Christmas so party, true. um, because you're tired, but this is going to sound very silly, but I've realized I'm going to be tired anyway. Yeah. So why wouldn't I <laughs> rather like be tired and have a great experience or connect with other people or celebrate Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, than be tired and be lonely. It's so true. And I, I realize now, there. I had an illusion that at some point... You're going to not be tired. <laughs> I was not going to be tired and I was not going to have a pile of work. <laughs> yeah. And now I know, no, no, the piles will always be there. But this is a moment to, to yeah. remember. And which goes into the other uh, memory that we have together there, which was one of my favorite memories. So why don't you tell about that? So, well, I'll just... <clears throat> yeah, you you, you tell about it and then I'll tell about um, a very special time for me in that place. Okay. So the other thing we did, um, and mom was really kind of the purveyor of Christmas cheer last year because I was kind of <laughs> buried under PhD work and was a little bit like, oh, I don't know, I can't do it. You know, mm-hmm. I was a little bit fussy if I remember correctly. Um, but you kind of forged forward and you did those little tea time tickets, which is so fun. And then um, and then you also got us tickets to the Maudlin um, College Boys Choir Lessons and Carols. And Maudlin College has um, a boys choir it's kind of famous. Well, let me tell you about that. Okay. Um, so Maudlin College, and uh, Joy might have shared this with you before, but it is where C.S. Lewis had his uh, rooms. Mm-hmm. And it's an old, sure he was old, first a professor or first, first a lecturer or whatever yeah. he was. And uh, you can go see where he was. And it's a very old but uh, uh, college. But the thing I love about all these colleges is they are not just museums. They yeah. are places where still the idealistic, the yeah. engaged, the excited people come. And one of my sweet friends, and I hope you're listening to this today, (laughs) uh, happened to have a son who was in this very famous boys choir. He tried out and he goes to this uh, very prominent school where the choir boys go, Mm -hmm. very near to Maudlin. And uh, so she had told me, first of all, about the, uh, Mm -hmm. the May Day, which we've talked about before, but 
uh, where the choir sings on the top of the building. Tower over the whole city, and they bless the city for spring and praise Jesus for bringing new life. It's yeah, thousands so and thousands of people. So we'll talk about fun. that in May. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so she had uh, told me, she said, do you know that uh, all of the uh, choir boys are going to be singing yeah. at this? And one of the things that was fun for me, just because I'm... Um, I, I liked having fun. Uh, when we actually went into the chapel, this was at a different time, she said, I want you to go over there and sit in C.S. Lewis's suite, seat. Oh, and so, I didn't know she did that. Yeah, he has a seat inside the chapel where he would always sit, and eventually they put his uh, nameplate on it. And so she took a picture of me at C.S. Lewis's seat, pretending to be very spiritual and worshiping. <laughs> but it's it was fun to to be there and think about all of the um, students who came to this and who were pondering all of the ideas. Well, and, and it's special, too, because Maudlin is actually where C.S. Lewis became Christian. Mm-hmm. So he, when he started that post, I think in his early 30s or late 20s, he was kind of struggling with um, his doubts. At, well, not really his doubts. He just kind of wasn't a Christian. He um, wasn't at all. Yeah. He was, and yeah. uh, and especially kind of been hardened against that in World War One. But then Tolkien, they started Inklings and Tolkien would come and Tolkien was very devout. And they would walk around the deer park together. And um, eventually this led Lewis to becoming a Christian. And so it's fun to think about that Magdalene College Chapel is where he would have probably had his kind of first experiences of church and of praying and of worshiping. And uh, the wonderful thing is, is that in the colleges, because they created these colleges in a very humane time. Yes. And they wanted every college to have uh, people who actually cleaned their rooms (laughs) and uh, to have these chapel services every day. But Deer Park, which Joy was talking about, all of the colleges there have amazing gardens and parks, private places so that people can contemplate all the studies that they're thinking about and so it was when he and Tolkien and someone else I mean two or three more, mm-hmm. more people were walking in the Deer Park which is a part of Modlin College uh, that uh, he actually decided to trust Christ yeah. right there where the chapel was where yeah. where we finally uh, and we looped back around we went to go uh, see this beautiful uh, lessons and carols with the boys choir and you know to make this clear it's it's really kind of a a local thing to do like this this isn't something that you go to and it costs you know a hundred dollars to get into it's a kind of local you they go up quick but it's if you get in it's something that all the locals know to go do and love and so it's so fun to kind of be a part of that mm-hmm. um but also the boys choir is just so gifted and skilled oh it's heavenly truly i didn't appreciate coral uh, pieces or choirs and, and being there you feel like your whole soul is drawn upwards well and it's just so special to go to a service where you kind of see the whole breadth of the christian story presented to you through scripture and through music and it's kind of like you get these two opportunities first as you're listening to the scripture to kind of hear the truth you hear the story and then music that helps you meditate on it and feel it in your soul mm-hmm. and um you know something that i I recognize this, you know, England is a largely secular culture in many ways, but this is still deeply enrooted kind of in the, the, the country's ethos and character. Mm-hmm. And there's still this space every year to encounter the story of, of Christians and of Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, I just found it really beautiful and a really kind of wonderful thing as you prepare for Christmas to encounter the truth and the beauty and to have a space where you can encounter that with the incredible giftedness of the boys singing. Well, and you were talking a minute ago about making time. Yeah. And I think that if every year, just think about this, if you make time every year of your life 
there are 50 or 75 or whatever deep memories of saying, I will stop, I will worship, I will ponder. And it does change your soul. It was just so much fun to be standing next to you with uh, tears in our eyes. It was so beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. Well, and so that is what I want to share with you uh, today uh, is I'm going to try to simulate the experience of the lessons in Carol's service for you. We'll open up as all of the, all of the services always do with once in Royal David city, a very classic oh, uh, English. I didn't know that. Yeah. They all, it's funny. I, I went to a very different lessons in Carol service at my little church in St. Andrews. Um, but that's just kind of the traditional thing they always open up with. Mm. So I hope that as you listen, this isn't my normal podcast, but that it will be, it will be one of those moments that mom was talking about a moment to stop and pause to let um, scripture speak to your heart and music elevate your emotions and that it would be a moment for you in preparing as we draw close to Christmas. Well, it's an honor to be with you today. I hope you enjoy this wonderful Lessons and Carols. Yes, and I'll be on Mom's podcast too, so head over there and listen to us there as well. At like at uh, at home with Sally. At home with Sally, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it's called. Uh, so many blessings to you all this Christmas, and I hope you have a restful and beautiful and meaningful time. I'm going to close today's episode by playing you the classic opening carol uh, that is always played at all Lessons and Carol services, which has now become dear and familiar to me, even though I didn't know it before living in the UK which is Once in Royal David City. And if you want to hear a full Lessons in Carol service with the readings of scripture and the beautiful choral settings of these carols that you can sing along to, like I said earlier in the episode, you can either go onto my Patreon and listen to the version I recorded or go find one of several of the albums which I'll attach links to um, by the Cambridge King's College Choir, uh, where you can listen to the entire experience and kind of experience lessons and carols in the comfort and beauty of your own living room. So I wish you all a very beautiful and Merry Christmas, and thank you for sticking with me through this Advent season. I hope that you know the nearness of Christ and that you enjoy celebrating with your family this holiday. Much love and a very Merry Christmas. This is the classic processional carol, Once in Royal David City, recorded by the King's College Chapel Choir in Cambridge.